Well, welcome to Your Star with Melinda. I have a great guest for you today. It's Colleen Blake Miller, who's a registered psychotherapist who shares a lot of good stuff about ourselves and the lies that we believe, that we are some of our greatest inner critics and how those things in our minds have made us make decisions that aren't really healthy for us. So she tells me about how we can change those negative thoughts into good thoughts, godly thoughts that will help us in our lives. She also shares very honestly and vulnerably about a life-altering decision she made that only was changed by Christian community and God. You're not going to want to miss it. Colleen Blake Miller, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Love this. Now, let's just start off with just the meaty, gritty stuff. Mm -hmm. You're a registered psychotherapist. And so my question is, just to start off the show with a very, you know, um, easy question. Mm -hmm. What do you find are the most common issues, or maybe one issue that when people come to see you as a psychotherapist, mm-hmm. it's like that's that's the big issue. That's the common thing that most people come to you about for help. Yes. So um, I do work a lot with individuals struggling with depression and anxiety. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, there's a lot of relationship um, struggles as well. I, I happen to be a fan of couple therapy. It's the hardest kind of work, mm-hmm. but uh, I find it very rewarding. What I will say, though, is a common theme in a lot of the, if not most of the clients that I work with, is battling uh, negativity in your mind. So, you know, Joyce Myers had written that book, uh, Battlefield of the Mind. Mm -hmm. That is, when you get down to the nitty-gritty, a lot of us struggle with the negative Mm self-talk, this negative view of who we are. And then that informs, you know, what we do in life and, you know, the decisions we make, the people that we're inviting in. And and it's it's hard work trying to tackle that. Yeah. Yeah. How does, for you, like, when you're talking to them, um, you know, the... If people are open to faith or are Christian that come to you, mm-hmm. how do they sort of change the inner critic or the negative thoughts into positive? I, well, if someone is a person of faith, which a lot of the clients that I work with are, aren't necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, they don't identify themselves as believers, but, you know, God's truth is all truth. Yes. So it's about uh, thinking in ways that are going to empower that are going to mm. that's going to be truthful so it's a lot of uncovering you know what is what the lies are mm-hmm. and and things that um, you know things that, that are encouraging for someone who's a believer who uh, believes the Bible I would encourage them to think you know how God thinks about them yes. and and I think that when you ask that question often people especially believers will be able to kind of get it a little bit more mm-hmm. like stop stop talking to yourself <laughs> like somebody who is you know against what God says yeah and they're, they're able to be in a way nicer to themselves yeah. uh, more empathetic more understanding mm-hmm. offer themselves more grace when they consider okay if, if, if Christ were sitting right here which he is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would he be saying right now to you yeah, yeah. that's really good you know I was just um, had a little dinner party with some friends and we were talking about that inner critic and mm-hmm. how we have lived mm-hmm. and you know as people are sort of like getting into their late 30s and 40s yeah. how that inner critic those negative thoughts have 
wow, really determined our life in some pretty negative ways. Definitely. We've listened to the lies and the negativity and then have, have seen the world in that way mm-hmm. and then done things or not done things because of it. Yeah. And it's amazing. We've sat there and go, really? So, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about the inner critic of I'm a loser or I'm stupid or I will fail at everything. Yes. And then you go, wow, you've lived your life all that way. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not freedom. Yeah. And, and I think that when you say it out loud and you mm-hmm. hear yourself saying it, then you understand how in some ways how silly it seems or how ridiculous or how horrible right yes but the problem is is we don't say what we're thinking enough Mm. you know we don't write it out we we whether it's um you know, we're not journaling, we're not having those heart-to-heart conversations, we're not being honest yes. with ourselves and with each other. So it just it, it just sits in our head and it yeah. and it really does control the direction of our of our life. Yeah, that's yeah. big. Because a lot of people do. They just they sit in it in their head, they keep it in their head in their minds, and they just keep playing it over and over and then yeah. manifest into something bigger. Definitely. And then it's like, well, that's actually not even reality. No, it's a lot of it you know? isn't. A lot of it is not what's real Mm -hmm. but it becomes real when we just let it sit there and grow deep 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 roots inside Mm -hmm. of our heart yeah yeah that's Mm -hmm. good i know that later in the show we're gonna talk a little bit about some things that you're passionate about and i am as far as you know authenticity um you know being free from the lies and things i'm looking forward to that but Mm -hmm. before we do that i want to hear about you because you know the show is your story Mm -hmm. um being a psychotherapist was that something you you wanted and then you know that you always wanted to be and then second you know how did you uh find jesus when was it a decision made for you it's like my life is going to be about following jesus Mm -hmm. so maybe take us back a little bit about your own story okay so um my background is i'm a pk pastor's kid okay (laughs) so born and raised in the church Mm -hmm. you know as 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 early as I can remember I was um serving in the church (laughs) (laughs) in the sense of you know you're gonna go and sing right like you know Mm -hmm. music was something that was really important to me from from a little little infant as my parents tell me the story and um you know as, as 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 soon as we could stand up we had to sing and we did a lot of competitions, uh, you know, uh, that brought us to different cities that, you know, allowed us to grow in, in those areas. Mm-hmm. I did drama, I did music. Uh, as far as my a relationship with Christ, from a very, very young age, mm-hmm. um, I, I fell in love with, with, uh, with Jesus. 100% began out of, I think, fear because I was mm-hmm. afraid of being left behind in the rapture. If I'm going to be really honest, they had those oh. rapture movies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, I was, I remember my baptism, I was like eight or nine years old, and my testimony was, I just don't want to be left behind. But, you know, the thing is, and, and even from a young age, um, I will I will say that this evangelistic heart of mine was there because I remember trying to convince my little brother. I was like, Kenny, you don't get it. You've got to get saved, you know? And just this fear of being separated from God. Mm -hmm. And I must say that that is just my genuine heart. He's just made me in a way that um, I'm tenderhearted towards him. and I love him. Now, that said, my life hasn't always been, you know, I haven't made the decisions necessarily that that were on the path that he set for me the whole Mm -hmm. way. But God has been um, just a, a huge source of strength in my life from as far as I can remember mm-hmm. and and um, you know without a, a question I know the call on my life is just to you know to share his truth 
and to shine his light in a way that will draw people to him mm-hmm. a thousand percent. Like that's the reason I'm here. Yeah. So four kids, husband. How did all that come about? That's that's a busy life. Yes, life is life is very busy. Um, so oh my goodness. So my husband and I, you know, we well, he's actually my first and only boyfriend. If you can really, that. yes. Growing up, nobody wanted me, Melinda. Oh, Colleen. nobody oh. wanted. To, I'm. T- you think I'm kidding? Really? I'm telling you, I. I just. Ne- it just never worked out for me. I, I mean, I was totally boy crazy, mm-hmm. um, from as early as I can remember. Mm-hmm. But the boys that I liked just, you know, wanted to be friends, and so. Oh, that one. Yeah, the friends. So, okay. so I think that's actually where my struggle with self worth and mm-hmm. um, really appreciating who I was. Um, maybe began, that journey for me began because I just always wanted somebody to love me back, like a boy. And it took me 24 years to meet somebody that actually wanted to, you know, kind of do this thing with me. And still we struggled. Still Mm -hmm. we struggled. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I guess September will be 12 years. And four kids later, we're pressing on. Wow. Let's talk about that because I, I was like, hmm, that resonates, that sort of wanting to... You know, be liked, mm-hmm. um, especially for boys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because a lot of our listeners and viewers are women, I think they're like, yeah, we get that. Because that that longing and desire then drives you in some poor decision yes, making. Yes, yes. You know, like I, because of that, even for me, you know, I come to Canada, you know, I'm kind of sort of this minority because I'm, you know, Filipino in a very Anglo-Saxon white community, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't the norm of what beauty I thought the standard beauty here in Canada when we first came. Mm -hmm. And so then always the desire to be loved, and so you're always manipulating or trying and and either forcing people to love you Mm -hmm. or then feeling the rejection and then going, oh, I'm not valuable, I'm not worthy, I'm not pretty enough. Mm -hmm. And then that gets in your young head, Mm -hmm. and that causes some really bad decisions. Definitely. What about for you? Was I mean, you say that it's sort of like your one and only, but what was that journey like for you? So, um, you know, for me, one of the things you'd asked me before was how I fell into this profession. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely the girl who always had, you know, others always had my ear. I was always the friend that people would call when they were having, you know, whether it be boy troubles or struggles, you know, amongst, you know, peers and that kind of thing. So um, I always knew from very, very young on that I would be a helper. And um, I think in some ways when you are in that place, you don't necessarily have uh, the people that you go to, um, to to find the support and the help that you need. Um, Growing up, my girlfriends were used to a lot of the stories that I would tell about boys that I liked. But then, you know, this scenario was a little bit different because my 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 then, you know, guy friend, which is now my husband, wasn't really, he hadn't had much experience with relationships either. I was his first girlfriend. And so I think a lot of the things that you naturally go through when you're like a teenager, like, you mm-hmm. know, kind of mm-hmm. figuring out the kinds of person that you like, the things you like, we were, we were doing that together okay. for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one of the things that, that definitely um, was a pivotal moment in my life uh, so I would say like around 24, that's when we started, you know, becoming more serious. We were friends for a few years prior. We became um, sexually active, mm-hmm. and then I got pregnant. I got pregnant 24, and and then uh, really, 
um, if I'm going to be really, really mm-hmm. honest, he convinced me, you know, we can't do this. We need to, um, you need to have an abortion. Like, we can't really, um, we can't uh, go, like, you can't go to your father and your church and tell yeah. them you're pregnant out of wedlock. They're going to, like, crucify him. Mm-hmm. And, and and to be really honest, mm-hmm. um, just I'll put a disclaimer out there. He's a really great guy, mm-hmm. um, and God has done a lot uh through him and through, I guess, obedience. Mm. But at the time, like, that was the first time that he ever said I love me was in the context of you need to, you know, have an abortion. So for someone who has been longing to hear that for as long as she can remember, I did definitely feel as though... um, it, the the well I don't know I did never thought it was the right thing to do mm-hmm. I think I just caved into the fear yeah right like we oh, said yeah. earlier the mm-hmm. fear of what would happen now I see him as a as a father he's an incredible like he's an, an amazing man he's a, he would have been an amazing father then too but the fear like we were both just gripped by fear and the mm-hmm. lie of you'll never be able to over over you know like get over this mm-hmm. um and then you know I made the the decision to terminate the pregnancy mm-hmm. and so for for me that was really tough because for a couple of years it was about two years that I that I was like kind of suffering in silence yeah. not sharing with my my loved ones my family didn't know my siblings didn't know mm-hmm. um at the time where I worked it was it was I couldn't say that I had that I had uh, done what I did because I was working at a pregnancy care center at the time it was a faith-based organization and we kind of you know support women in scenarios like that Mm -hmm. and we want to encourage them to choose a life you know that's Mm -hmm. kind of um what I you know what committed to to really do and then Mm -hmm. for myself to to have made an opposite decision it was a really really difficult time for me but I'll tell you what the turnaround for me was when I and that's the thing about God is it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how messy the situation gets or how messy your life gets he still is calling you back to him yes yes you've messed up yes you're hurting yes because the relationship with he and I did not get better it actually got worse because you know I was total rejection and total hurt because here it is um you know you don't have the child that you should have had and you don't have the relationship that you should have had because he was still not you know ready to be in a relationship with me at the time, so um, but once I decided hmm. to um, obey God, and I'll tell you when it happened. I went away the the pregnancy center that I was at at the time that I was working at. Uh, we went to a conference, and unbeknownst to um, my 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 uh, director at the time, she didn't know that I had had this experience. She put me in the post-abortion support track. Oh, come on. Yeah. Without even knowing. Without knowing. Uh, because she wanted me to be able to run those groups at the at the agency. And so here it is. I'm getting a place to kind of flesh out a lot of what I've been carrying. Wow. And while I was sitting in the in the in the workshops, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, You know what? I can only use you as as much as you are willing to, you know, open up and be transparent and be honest and you know I I knew that I had a passion to encourage and inspire and motivate and 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 share the gospel but I I was very clear to me that there was only so far God could take me if I would be if I would continue to hide and you know Mm -hmm. a, a part of my story and so right then and there 
um, I knew I had to open up and share. So I went to the to the woman who was uh, facilitating. Yeah. We met, you know, mm-hmm. you know, for lunch, and I opened up to her, and she walked with me. And oh, she yeah. shared with me, like she kind of gave me some advice as far as how to. So I shared it with my, not then. It took mm-hmm. me, you know, maybe a few weeks, and I shared it with, you know, I shared it with my 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 supervisor or my my director, then with the board, and then um, I shared it with my family and with my church, my siblings, and and I, I promise you that the life I have now, um, this incredible man who is my uh, the love of my life, mm-hmm. my four children. None of that, none of that would be my reality if I chose not to walk in obedience. I believe that with all of my heart. That's huge. Yeah. Because a lot of people uh, listening right now would say, no, there's too much of a risk mm-hmm. in that. I want to hide in the darkness yes. and in that. And, and some of that is because, you know, they're overcome by shame, mm-hmm. fear. Yeah. But, you know, I think even for myself, when I had to share about you know, the breakdown of my marriage mm-hmm. in ministry, mm-hmm. my way through a divorce, if I had sort of kept that quiet and just said, it's my issue and, you know, hit away, I would not be, I believe, where I am today. No. I think um, because of that, I, I am where I am. Yes. And, and because, you you know, you're opening yourself up, you're allowing community to support you. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anybody that treated you unkindly when you shared, or was it mainly the response was, with with grace and mercy mm-hmm. what was your experience I, I would say 99.9 was grace and mercy yeah okay. like my love the love and the commitment of my family uh my parents in particular like my father whoa like i had i never um had this experience i wouldn't understand the depth of of their love for me yeah if I had hit it. Beautiful. Because you just, you think, oh, you're my dad, you're my mom, of course you're going to accept me. But then the enemy says to you, well, if they only knew mm-hmm. all of who you really are, then then no, they wouldn't love you. Yeah. But guess what? Now they do. Yeah. And and they, they shocked me. There was not even an angry word that was Amazing. that was that was said See, to me. you know, yeah. Colleen, this is key. Because how many stories have we heard, and especially religious people, Christian people, who have shunned their children Mm -hmm. on things that they don't agree with. And the the trajectory of their lives and story either have ended up on the street Mm -hmm. or disillusioned by God or angry at the church Mm -hmm. or broken. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this to parents because how you respond to your children, Mm -hmm. you could be so incredibly disappointed, but if you respond out of anger and judgment, it will change their life forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that over with my parents too, where they, in, in so many situations with their own kids, mm-hmm. you know, my brother, sister, myself, they responded out of love and grace. And that has made all the difference. Huge. Because it'd been so easy for the church and your parents to say, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. what an embarrassment. Yeah. Look at you, I'm, you're a PK, you mm-hmm. should know you better. You better, and I did. Yeah. And I did. What would be your encouragement to parents? Because, you know, you want so much for your kids. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, there's disappointments because they don't end up like you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But how does a parent get to that place? Because I would say a lot of parents go, but I struggle and I want to be angry. I would never, I would never forgive them if, you know, they came out to me or Mm -hmm. they had an abortion Mm -hmm. or they did something, you know, like I've heard that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but then there are consequences to that. There are. I, I can't even honestly answer it because my kids are still so young. Um, and I I just pray to the Lord that I would have the wisdom to know how to respond to them in a way that is going to 
you know, redirect them to God versus pushing them away from, mm-hmm. from them. I can, I can, I can um, use my parents mm-hmm. as far as how they were to me as a guide for myself. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, my mom, she... Like the, I, I could tell there's, I still, I'm like, I can see it now. I'm sitting in their, like, in their family room. Well, I, it was ours at the time because I still lived at home. And my mom was kind of getting a little bit worked up, like, oh, 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 oh. And my father just very calmly said, you know what? Ethel, that's her name. This is not about you. This is not about wow. me. It's about Colleen. And so for me, um, that is an example. So even where we have messed up, because, you know, as parents, we, we, we make mistakes every day. It's, it's just getting back, uh, our, getting our focus back on the main thing, mm-hmm. which is our children. And at the end of the day, as a parent, what I want is to show, um, point my kids in the direction of God, show them, you know, how how amazing it is to love him and to and to mm-hmm. serve him and to have him a part of your life. They're on their own journey yes. with God. I it's cannot good. navigate that for them. Mm. It's their story to walk out. And I have to have the faith to believe that God has mm. them and he is going to keep them. And their story, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm believing God will be a great one. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. that's my, if, if I do nothing else in this world, I just want my kids to know who God is and to have a love for him. Mm-hmm. What that looks like, that's between them and God. Yeah. yeah. See, I love that because it's that balance of, okay, you know, we're going to lead and mentor and parent, Mm -hmm. but then we have to trust God that, Mm -hmm. you know, we've done all of our best, but I've seen where there things have failed when parents have tried to control Mm -hmm. kids, and a lot of it's because they want them to be like themselves Mm -hmm. or the person they never were, so they're acting that out of their kids to be (laughs) that person. Um, And I think that that's a good encouragement you said is that, you know, if we just say, okay, here's the thing. My role in your life is to, you know, ensure, you know, practical things, you get fed and Mm -hmm. you're well and that, but that ultimately is to is to show you Christ yeah. to hopefully that you choose to follow him mm-hmm. and in that the Holy Spirit will come and guide you mm-hmm. and that's the best you know mama can say because yeah. the Holy Spirit will guide you yeah. you have to make some choices yeah. and make decisions but I think that's really powerful and I think that's a good reminder to parents um, you know who are listening because I think it's a challenge mm-hmm. but I think a lot of parents have messed up when they've tried to do it the other way mm-hmm. and said it's not directing them to God it's directing them to what I want yes, for you yes. your, your vision of God and you know exactly what? Like, we are not perfect we've all made mistakes I think as long as you have an opportunity of a new day you can always trust the Lord to direct you how to how to you know fix or repair. Yeah. I think repair is the right word. Yeah. Repair whatever damage maybe has been has been yeah. done. And the older that your kids get is the more they can talk to you and, right. and say, you know, like I've had my kids say to me, Mommy, I don't like when you talk to Daddy like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, they can hear me. <laughs> yeah. You guys are listening. And it's like conviction, right? Yeah. So as long as we are here to um, you know, be willing to meet them and work on repairing, then God can do incredible things. I know that a number of people, well, I am, <laughs> a number of people and me are wondering, how did you then end up with him? Because that's a big thing. You're saying these things, and then it's like, wait a second, now four kids later, and you're still with him? Because that's a thing. You're yeah. like, what? Yeah, like, no, that no. seems this so thing. counter and opposite to what, you know, people would think 
you would have made, what yes, decision you would have yes. made, right? Like, no, no, no. I broke things off with him after I um, came out, as it were, as far mm-hmm. as being in the in the shadows of the darkness of my secrecy. Mm-hmm. I, I I cut him off. I totally cut him off. I would not accept uh, messages, uh, emails, uh, nothing. And then uh, at one point, he had written a very, very, very long message. I remember I was at, uh, still at the pregnancy center, and I had my director read it. Mm. And it was like two pages, single-spaced, um, bearing of his heart. And he said that he had talked to his, his parents, and he had talked to his pastors, and he, you know, he was ready. Of course, he was apologetic for the way that he, you know, handled things. And because it wasn't just that, right? The abortion was only like, you know, there's there's many consequences for living a life that is opposite of what God is calling us to. Um, so a lot of hurt was there. So so when he when I when I finally did read the the the, the letter. Um, I don't know what caused me to because I had been ignoring him for a good couple of months, and um, I said, "Okay, let me let me hear him out." And when I had the conversation on the phone with him, I knew in my heart I cannot trust my heart. My heart is just too—it's just I can't trust my heart. So I said, "You know what? If you can meet with my father, wow, and share with him uh, where things are for you, and if my father thinks that this is a good idea." For me Ooh. to give you another chance, then then uh, fine. And I thought for sure he'd be like, like, no it. way, like, no way, <laughs> right? And wouldn't you know, he didn't even skip a beat. He's like, fine, that's fine. I'm ready. Wow, I'll do it. So he met with my father. I remember I was studying at Tyndale at the time. I remember calling my dad after their meeting to like check in on how it went. <laughs> and uh, he met my father at church in the boardroom, just him and my dad. And he bared his heart with him. And my father said to me, Colleen, I've never seen a man cry. Like, he didn't cry. He bawled. He Mm -hmm. bawled. He bawled. And he just, my father said, as as upset as as I have been for what he has done, the hurt that he's caused you, I cannot stand in the way of what God is doing in your relationship it's powerful and then that the rest is history so and then the Mm -hmm. thing the thing that that allowed for it for for me to like really give my heart more and more is he really did god really did change his heart he became like uh commitment has been the issue from the beginning of time and he uh he like i think maybe like a month after we started back again. He had made, he put a deposit on the engagement ring, and he literally was like, "We're doing this. There's no question." He'd always said that we were gonna mm-hmm. be together. It's just that there was no fruit to to demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know things just you know kind of ha- just went full steam ahead as soon as he was as soon as he you know decided, okay, no, you've, I've got one more chance. There's no way I can live my life without this woman, and you know we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it right. And he is yeah. he has never let me down. So, and it's 12 years later. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Colleen, what, you know, people are like, that's an amazing story. Because there's so many factors in that that shouldn't have been where you're at now yeah. and with the same man yeah. and having children. Yeah. What would you say, you know, in all of this story was the thing? Like, I know we can, it's, it is God, but there's so many people involved mm-hmm. that had to make decisions to then make the outcome be mm-hmm. what it is today. Mm-hmm. I mean, overall, what would you say was the key. Well, I think that that not listening as much to what my friends had to say, that was mm. such a huge factor because you know as women, what we do <laughs> is we talk to our girlfriends yeah. about these low down, dirty yeah. guys that hurt me, did this, blah, 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 blah. And um, where 
he can woo your heart back. He ain't wooing the hearts back of your friends. Right. And so uh, even to this day, we joke, Leroy and I, about had you listened to your friends, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we would never, you know, be together. Wow. And um, when God speaks to your heart, I think it's, it's I, I because of the work that I do, I know that you have to be so careful as women, mm-hmm. you know, so that you're not being um, taken advantage of or misused or mistreated. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of, you know, as independent women, we need to make sure that we're okay. And, and it's hard sometimes to figure out when we need to give someone another chance or give someone, you know, an opportunity. I think that once you and the Lord have you know, a clear understanding mm-hmm. that the pathway is safe, then you, you know, with the counsel of, you know, a few select God-fearing individuals, like for mm-hmm. myself and Leroy, that would have been our parents. Mm-hmm. And more my parents, I think, than his, because his parents weren't as much involved in, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of our stories. His parents were always just like, oh, she's such a nice girl. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, where my dad kind of, you know, I kind of, I'm just such an open person. So he knows, like, all of it, mm-hmm. right? And just don't necessarily uh, live your life according to other people's uh, opinions because, you know, at the end of the day, you go home and you live out the consequences of your choices. Nobody else. Nobody else. And I I know when I I got to the point of of understanding that – just because he didn't want to be with me doesn't make him a bad person. It just means that he's not for me. I was able to kind of just let him let him go and yeah. and and not you know allow the games to to continue. But when I saw and when he proved to the ones that you know God had put in my life as you know um, guides and and you know you know my my parents in that sense, then I was okay. I was okay yeah. to trust trust God. And every every you know every day. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, like for instance, there's a saying that, uh, it's faithfulness isn't necessarily based on one, uh, specific incident. It's faithfulness is demonstrated over a lifetime, mm-hmm. really, because we all fall, we all make mistakes, we all do things that are wrong, but it's whether or not I'm willing to, you know, acknowledge the, the, the hurt that I have caused, the pain that's there, to do the work to actually mm-hmm. rebuild. That is what incredible marriages and families are built on. Yeah. Not perfection. Because yeah. it really, it would have been nice, you know, for <laughs> for my, you know, for my guy to have no negative, you know, history between, you know, he and I. But all we needed is to just be together for any length of time, and some hurt's going to come up because yeah. that's what we do. We we're human. We we harm one another, mm-hmm. and and so the same grace, understanding, and empathy that I would have had to have to say, okay, Leroy, I'm going to give you one more chance. I would still need that same grace, empathy, and understanding in marriage, yeah. right? Uh, and 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 you know, it's mutual. It's it's uh, reciprocal. Mm-hmm. He he needs to have that for me, and I need to have that for him. So. Wow, that's a long answer, but um, good. (laughs) You know, I would say start off by just getting to hear the voice of God in your ear, and if you need to get some, you know, affirmation and confirmation from some, you know, people that are godly in your life, Mm -hmm. you know, allow God to bring those individuals to your, and then allow other people to stay in some, in, in many ways, out of your relationship, because. 
I have a lot of opinions mm-hmm. about a lot of people. Yeah. But that's not my life. And I'm not living out the consequences yeah. of, of my opinions and that kind of thing. No, that's a good yeah. reminder. I love that. And that's actually really, I mean, it was it's surprising, but I, I understand that. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, especially as women, we listen to so many oh voices mm-hmm. and that actually determine our life. And then we don't actually make the right choice and seek out God to say, actually, what is that choice? And so, and I've seen that too, where, you know, many people have made those decisions based on what people have said, and it hasn't been necessarily the right decision. Mm-hmm. You know, Colleen, I, I, I love what <laughs> your story, there were so many questions I wanted to ask you, but my takeaways from what I heard from you, it, it's so clear, there's so much about, you know, sort of directing. So whether it's your kids, you want to direct them to God, mm-hmm. right, and not control. You know, for, for you, there was a lot about Christian community, godly wisdom, and always that focus on what does God want for me? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's really important for women. Yeah. Because like I said, you know, again, completely inundated and influenced by so many other voices, media, social media, mm-hmm. that a lot of times God's voice can get lost in the mix. Mm-hmm. You know, and being attuned to listen uh, for him and to him. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Where can um, our viewers and listeners get a hold of you if they want to know more about you? So uh, my website is my name. So www.colleenblakemiller.com. That's mm-hmm. two L's, two E's. <laughs> um, you can always find me on social media. Um, Instagram is my go-to. Okay, yep. <laughs> I know that because I do follow you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course Facebook as well. And again, it's Colleen Blake Miller. Um, and people can message me, message me there, and uh, I'll, you know, love and book to you connect. for speaking. Yes. you've written a book. Yes, that's right. I'm an author. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2014, I put out my first book called The Life Map, and um, it's just a, a book basically that helps individuals that have a goal. They want to, they want to actually activate that goal, action it. It's a step by step sort of how to write the blueprint blueprint for where you want your life to go excellent yeah. colleen blake miller thank you so much um you're gonna have to come back because like i said we have questions <laughs> like more questions way more questions and we're just like talking and talking but that means for a good good interview and story so thank you so much for being thank on the show you. thanks for having me Hey, wait, I know the show has ended and all, but could you introduce me to some of your really good friends? Sharing this episode on social media really helps us reach more people, and this story can inspire others to get stronger in their faith.